Great communication is more than just being an effective speaker. A big part of it is improving our ability to listen well. And my guest today is Julianne Sullivan. She's a speaker, host of Businesses That Care podcast, and author of Catalysts of Culture. She works with organizations improving their communication and provides coaching to executives and individuals to grow their leadership. Welcome to Communication on Point podcast. I'm your host, Dean Hefta. This program is designed to bring insights to help you improve your influence and your impact in your everyday communication and grow your leadership in the process. Let's get started. Well, today I'm excited to be joined by Julianne and talk about some of the insights that she's seen and experienced and helped people on in her coaching and her training. Julianne, welcome to Communication on Point. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I'm a, as you and I have discussed, I'm really a communications freak. So uh, <laughs> it was nice to meet another person who realizes how important communication is. Yeah, I, I think it's the foundation of everything that we do and the foundation of our relationships. So one of the things that when you and I were chatting and talking about communication that came up is really how important um, you see the listening side of communication being because certainly communication is much more than just talking. And if we're going to have great communication, listening is such an important piece of it. I'm curious from your experience, what is it that makes good listening such a challenge for people? Well, first of all, a, it's a great question. And I think fundamentally, we have to go back to the fact that we're never taught to listen. Mm. We have some training in speaking, not enough, but we are rarely, if ever, taught how to be a good listener or what that looks like. In the business world and in all of our lives, whether it be personal or professional, communication is key. It's what helps us build relationships with people and networking. It defines how we ask for what we want and need in personal and professional relationships. And like I said, we have never really been taught how to listen. And so when we're not, when something's not put in front of us, we do it automatically, right? We're on autopilot. It's not something we really look at because it hasn't been mentioned. When you start talking to people about how to listen and actually take them through exercises in listening, then they can connect with wow, I'm doing this or I'm not doing that. You know, one of the most common is, oh, I'm listening to this person, but I'm really only thinking about what I want to say next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and until they practice and are put in a position where they can see that highlighted in their own behavior, they can't change it. Right. So we have to be aware of it. I'm looking forward to getting into some of those ideas of how we improve that listening. And before we do, I'm curious, as we talked about, good listening is a challenge. It's, it's a gap in good communication. But from your experience, like how big of a deal is this? What's the impact if we aren't really practicing good listening? Is there consequences to that? Well, the biggest consequences is miscommunication. Mm -hmm. 
if you're not a good listener, then you don't know what questions you need to ask for clarification. And miscommunication can lead to a project being done incorrectly, thinking someone meant to hurt your feelings, you know, they're in, what their intention is can be misconstrued because you listened and you thought something and then you have to recognize that's something you're hanging on it and finding out if that's what the sender intended. Uh, so the consequences are a lack of progress and success, uh, not only in the end result of the con uh, conversation, but perhaps uh, the result going forward and is it as it snowballs. So I am very focused on business culture and when there isn't good communication, the type of culture that gets built within the organization is more challenging to turn in another direction when you've started out with a lot of miscommunications or missed. It could be miscommunication, M-I-S, or missed, M-I-S-S-E-D. Those are two different kinds of issues with communication. Yeah, that's a, that's a great distinction because sometimes we didn't even hear things or, or it didn't come up and so we never had the chance to listen. Other times we're sitting there, to your point, thinking about what we're going to say next. It's like we're just waiting to talk instead of listening. And from a leadership perspective, if you want people to listen to you, then you need to listen to them. If you, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's still, uh, you know, you have to walk your talk if you want anyone else to do that too. And sometimes that takes, what I find is the missed ED communication is whatever the elephant in the room is and nobody wants to talk about it. So they ignore it. Mm. And it's really important, I think, to talk about the elephant in the room. It's important for leadership to say, you know what, we haven't done very well at this. We're seeing that right now with what's going on in our world and the Black Lives Matter movement. And people are coming forward and saying, I didn't behave well. I'm sorry, and I'm going to do better, as opposed to not saying anything at all. Yeah, you've worked with a lot of organizations with your coaching and your training. And I'd love, you know, without naming names, I'd love to hear maybe an example where you were brought in uh, with an organization and they were really facing some of the consequences of miscommunication. And maybe take us through, you know, what was going on and what ended up really making a difference, uh, how that changed. Bring us into some of those changes that people can begin experiencing as we think differently and approach things differently. I'm going to give you a really simple example that any one of your listeners can do. I worked with a company at, with their leadership team. And many times, sometimes on leadership teams, people communicate or prefer to communicate in different ways. What I had this leadership team do is I made a matrix and I had knock at my door, email me, text me, call me, okay? So there were four different ways to communicate. And I had each person on the leadership team rank their preference from one to four. 
I want you to knock on my door or I want you to text me or I want you to call me or I want you to email me. They were shocked. For instance, there was somebody on the leadership team, other people on the, on the leadership team thought that this one person was always ignoring them because they would send him an email and he wouldn't answer. But the way he lived his life, he never read his emails till four o'clock in the afternoon. He read them when he first came in and then he didn't read them again till four. That was his way of being efficient. He wanted people to come to his office and walk on the door. It's a pretty small office, so it's not like they're walking across campus. And people didn't do that because they didn't want to, quote unquote, bother him. Mm-hmm. In this very simple, but nobody ever thought about doing it, idea, their communication, and therefore, they were a project-oriented business, their projects ran a lot more smoothly because they knew how to contact the people on the leadership team, and they would, you know, they were in charge of different teams in the process. Therefore, they needed to contact one another, right, if one part was stalled, which was going to affect the next step. That's a great example because if that hadn't come out about people's perceptions and assumptions about why it was taking him a long time to respond, that could have really degraded his ability to influence people, connect with people, have respect and a relationship with people. And all of it goes back to our assumptions. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, what are the intentions that we're assigning to people in this communication? A lot of times you find that comes back to, well, if I were him sitting in the office, I would be checking my email every hour and I would respond frequently. Right. So people were irritated at this person. Right. (laughs) So that adds a whole other layer. Plus the fact that it's extremely inefficient to to do it that way. And in the same token, this is why calendar scheduling platforms have become so big. Because to go back and forth, can you do it on Tuesday at three? Okay, no. Can you do it on Monday at, that takes up time. And I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody who has enough time in a day. Right. And so these scheduling platforms allow us, okay, here's my calendar. Go pick a date that works for you. So we can increase efficiency. We can have better communication. And when you think about those different platforms of communication, you know, there's many ways that we listen. You know, we we, even when we get a text, there's some form of listening there. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, just a couple of months ago, I, I got a text. I was in the middle of a training. I got a text from my wife that I needed to pick up some medication for our son. And I thought I had read it, which, you know, was a form of listening. And I get to the pharmacy and they said, oh, yeah, that's at a different pharmacy than ours. <laughs> a different location. And in that moment, I realized I didn't listen to the text that I was reading. Yeah, because listening is paying attention. So give us some perspective. If, if I recognize that regardless of how good of a communicator I am, I can always improve my listening skills. And that could be in conversations with people, reading an email, reading a text message, you name it. Listening is important. What are some of the things that I should be thinking about and doing differently so that I can level up my listening skills? I would suggest first that when you're listening to others, 
you should be listening to what's going on in your own head. If you are always churning what point you're going to make next, that's a sign you're not a very good listener. If you aren't taking in where this conversation is happening, the body language of the person that's speaking to you, the level of their serenity or agitation, then you could be a better listener. It's really diving into oneself and finding what areas you need to improve and understanding that that will fluctuate and never end. You could be a great listener, but this morning your dog ate your shoe and that makes you a crappy listener for the rest of the day because <laughs> you're thinking about that shoe you need to replace. You need to be aware of that so that you can change gears and be a better listener and say to yourself, okay, I got to let my shoe go because I'm in this meeting and there's really important information I need to have. Well, that's a good point. It sounds like there's a big difference between, it's almost an identity thing. I might think of myself as a good listener, which is really an identity thing mm -hmm. versus in this moment, am I listening well, which mm -hmm. is a very being present because I could be a great listener, you know, Sunday afternoon and a terrible listener on Tuesday evening. You know, those, those situations are very different. And so what I'm hearing is I need to be very present and very conscious of what's happening in me in this moment. In all the work that I do, the foundation is what I call DSK. That's D is in David, S is in Sam, K is in, well, I always want to say knowledge, but that doesn't make any sense. Kite, there we go, kite. And that's for deepening self-knowledge. That is a journey we are constantly on, looking at ourselves in ways that we can improve. That may be what our profession is, right? You could be an engineer, but you can always get better. Um, there might be more tools you can use or new discoveries. You're always learning about that. Uh, looking at your behavior, your body behavior, the words you use, the tone of voice, how you're listening or not. Uh, are you leaving enough time in your day to do what you need to get done and still take care of yourself. All of these come back to a deepening self-knowledge and working on being present. M multitasking doesn't work unless you can read my email and really focus on that and then make a phone call and really focus on that and then go into a meeting and really focus on that. But if you're in the meeting reading emails and texting, you're not doing any of those really well. It's impossible because your brain only has so much room and synapses that can go off at one time. And, and then you're sharing the moment. And, and that's fine, but don't think that you're really paying attention or listening to any of those events in your life if you're doing two or three of them at once. 
Yeah. And we've got so many opportunities to be distracted as you were, as you were sharing that, you know, I'm thinking about an email comes in and a text message pops up and I'm thinking about something on my to-do list for the afternoon. And all of these things are really pulling at us for our attention. And that can really, it can really hurt our ability to understand, to hear, to be present and really influence the people that we're with by being present in our listenership, you know, with somebody. One of the things I coach people on is when people, I worked with a private school once and the people in the leadership team, and this has happened in other companies, people come into their office and say, oh, can I talk to you for a second? Happens all day long, sometimes, so it seems. And they just don't have the words to say, so they say, okay. Meanwhile, they're irritated because they're working on another project that needs to get done. Now maybe they have to stay later at work to get that done because they took the time to talk to that person. In one instance, what I did was I coached them to say something like this in their own voice. Is this an emergency? I really want to focus on what you have to say. Concentrate. Hear you. But right now, I am working on this project, and I really need to get it done. I've set a goal for myself to get it done by 4 o'clock. Could we meet at 4.15? You're telling people that you really value them, and you want to talk to them, but you want to be as present as you can be. Uh, Again, and you're allowing for room for this is an emergency. we got to talk about it right now. I love that, Julianne. I mean being able to have a different response when that comes up because we, we feel torn. We want to serve the people that are right around us and they're asking for help. But there's those assumptions that are going on like, well, I, I guess it's now or never, or I guess if I say no, they'll think I'm rude. All of these things are going on. But having the language to say, how urgent is this conversation? And they might say, oh, well, we could talk anytime this week. Exactly. I would say 80% of my coaching is in communication, either how to listen, how to take things in, or how to respond, or practicing. I just did this yesterday with somebody I coached. Practice the next time someone comes to you and is needy when they could really do things on their own. That happens sometimes, right? People, oh, well, I always go to Shirley because Shirley always gives me the answer. Now, whose problem is it? The person coming to Shirley or Shirley, right? Because Shirley always takes care of those people instead of allowing them to do it on their own. What I was coaching them was, how about if you say, well, what would you do in this situation? Allow them to come up with an answer that you can say, that's what I would have said. I knew you could figure this out. And what I told them was, Practice when you're driving in your car, have that conversation so that when it comes up, it flows off your tongue. As speakers, that's what we do. We don't write a speech and then go present it. Not a good speaker anyway. Mm. Yeah, and I love the, the idea of this kind of preparing and practicing to listen because, you know, many, many of us in the world of communication or the world of business have been around clubs like Toastmasters, right? A tremendous organization for improving. Yep, I'm a certified Toastmaster. Exactly. And it's designed to help people improve their ability to communicate, improve their ability to be in front of an audience and all of those things. And we get 
advice on record your speeches and listen to your speeches, right? Yes. Record yourself and listen to yourself. But very little focus is on how do I practice getting better at listening? And I think that's what's so important about this is there's things that I can be doing that can improve my awareness and my ability to be a listener. Are there some exercises? You've highlighted a few, but are there some, some exercises that I, could, that I could use to really work on that skill of listening? I'm a big believer in writing yourself notes on eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and hanging them up someplace where you'll see them a lot, either by your computer or sometimes bathroom mirrors are good. People seem to spend a bit of time there every day. <laughs> Once I hung one up and it said, don't answer a question unless somebody asks you one. And just that exercise of not being the fix it, not giving advice, if no one's asking you for advice, made me a much better listener. The, uh, the other opportunity I had in my life that probably gave me the most as far as listening skills was being on a school board and being in a group situation where we were making decisions for a lot of other people and how important it was to listen to one another before we decided which way we were going to vote on something. And that probably required, I mean, those are big decisions that you're making and that probably required a part of that listening that you're doing is diving in more deeply, asking follow-up questions to make sure that you're growing your understanding. That's got to be a part of it. Is that right? Absolutely. And I must say I was very fortunate. Uh, the, the people who were around the table when I w was a school director could not be more different in every sense of the word. And I would say that every single one of us at least once changed our mind because we listened. Mm. And I'm very proud of that. That's, that's a great litmus test to look back and, and think to ourselves, when have we recently changed our mind because we got a different perspective through a conversation or the way that we were listening about things? And definitely an extremely useful tool in the times we're living in now. For certain, yes. Diving in to gain a better understanding. And I think about, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, the people that often need it the least are the ones that are working on it the most. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true for anything, right? I mean, I had somebody talking to me today and I go, oh, I'm preaching to the choir, you know, right. as I say. Um, that's always the way it is. Here's another good example of listening, though, because I have been having so many meaningful conversations right now, which I would like to continue in my life. But in listening, I have been able to understand, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about institutionalized bias and how people are biased just because of the world we live in. And I truly believe in that. And what I'm starting to be able to do is have conversations and really listen to friends of mine and say, that's, that's an example of exactly what people are talking about. You didn't even realize you had a bias just then. I know you. You're not a bad person, right? And yet, let's look at this together. 
and how we make this, we say this sentence and there's a bias in there and here's what it is. Yeah. So being able to have trusting relationships where you can get that kind of feedback because so a while ago I was reading a study about people's perception of their driving ability and less than <laughs> less than 10% of people would view themselves as a below average driver. Right. Well, that's statistically impossible, right? So there's, <laughs> there is this self view, this self awareness that is really related to the awareness of other people as well. And so, you know, how can we get a better sense of how people view our listening skills? What, what approach could we use with the people around us to gain a different perspective? Again, I think it's really important to dig deep. And, you know, um, somebody told me this old saying that uh, if one person tells you you're a horse, forget about it. If two people tell you you're a horse, you should probably think about it. And if three people tell you you're a horse, then go buy yourself a saddle. <laughs> and I think the same is true in communication. If you are always misquoted, if you, I, I use this in business. If uh, George is working for Sally and George never gets it right, is it always George or is it Sally who didn't give good instructions? And is it George who didn't ask questions? Now, there might be a lot of reasons for that, and we don't have time for that here as far as, you know, a safe environment to talk to one another or how they communicate. But if that keeps happening over and over again, it can't always be the other person's fault. Right. So if you are one of those people who gives direction and nobody ever seems to do what you want them to do, Perhaps you're not communicating well. Perhaps you're not listening to what they need. You know, right now we're uh, exploding with remote workers and I keep telling companies how important it is to ask their workforce, what do you need that you don't have right now to get done what we're expecting you to do? Mm. And then shut up and listen to what they have to say. Yeah, it's certainly uh, good listening doesn't cost us any money and it pays huge dividends. Huge. Efficiency and productivity is one thing, but what it does to relationships is uh, over the top. So when you think about this part in communication, this listening part in communication, uh, people might be coming at it from very different situations. They might be thinking about how people that they work with don't listen to them, or maybe that uh, they really sincerely want to get better at listening and they're not quite sure where they are, uh, but we know that it's important. What would be the big take home that you want to make sure that anybody that's, that's looking at their listening skills and looking at the role of listening in communication, what's something that's really important for me to understand and, and not forget about that? Practice, 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 and there's no such thing as perfection. We need to practice our listening skills forever. Some days we're going to do it more than others, and we have to realize that's okay because we're human beings, and some days it's easier to do that than others. So I would say practice is important. 
not being a perfectionist is important and always looking at what are the rewards if I pay more attention. That will help you listen more and listen better. One of the key uh, uh, rules I follow when I'm working with a client, I listen very intently to what they're looking for. I am not a cookie cutter speaker, cookie cutter trainer, cookie cutter coach. I have my parameters, but then for me to be the best for every client, I have to understand what they want and need, what they believe they need to get better with. Now, I may add to that plate, but if I only go in there with my idea, that's not really helpful because right. we're all so unique and every situation is so unique and every uh, culture in a business is so unique. So I can have my, I always say I have the, you know, the structure of the building, but all the interior design and everything, the color of the walls, what the furniture looks like, where we have built-ins, that we all do together. That's awesome. Julianne, you've written several uh, excellent books and you work with organizations, you speak and coach and train. If people want to learn more about some of your insights, some of the things that you're working on, where would you guide them? I would guide them to my name, Julie. My middle name is Anne without an E, Sullivan. And if you put that into Google, you will find me everywhere. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, my website is simply juliannesullivan.com. Uh, I have a podcast called Businesses That Care. You could go to Amazon and see the books I've written on culture and engagement and gratitude. Um, so there's no way you can't find me if you want to. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and I'll post links that you mentioned in the show notes as well. And Julianne Sullivan, I'm so thankful for you sharing your insights and stories about how we can improve our ability to listen and the impact that that can have on our relationships and our influence in all aspects of our life. And Dean, I'm so happy that you consider this to be important because then we can lift the idea of communication and listening into other people's minds as well. So thanks for your work you do. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining me today.